Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. This is your host, Super Champ Chuck. We back at it with another episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share all your social media platforms. Um, it's just me and Boogie so far. Uh, D Max will come in later on as the sixth man. He's running a little behind and stuff. But man, we got a lot to talk about tonight, man. A lot has happened within the Chiefs Kingdom over this past week or so. So, Boog, man, what's going on, bro? It's crazy, man. You know, today got a little wild, man. You know I'm a yeah. little hurt, so yes, yeah, it's, it's one of them days. It's bittersweet, but you know, this ain't the first time it's happened throughout our history, so. What's going on, Pacey? Pacey was the first one in here. As soon as the lake popped up, he was the first one in here. So, shout out to Pacey. What's up, Pacey? Uh, but yeah, man, but you know, before we get into all that, you know, all the breaking news that happened today, uh, let's let's rewind back a little bit and let's talk about the first lady of football, uh, Norma Hunt. Uh, she died at the age of 85. And, you know, we don't know the exact cause of her death or anything, but throughout the history, you know, everybody knows that she is the, the wife of the late great uh, Lamar Hunt. Lamar Hunt was the founder of the Chiefs, owner of the Chiefs, um, and he was the reason why the AFL-NFL merger, you know, happened. Because at first, you know, the NFL and the AFL, they were separate leagues. But, you know, Lamar Hunt was part of the reason why, you know, the two sides came along together and they merged into one. So they became the National Football League. And he's got a trophy name after him. But, you know, Norma Hunt, she should have made an impact on the sport in so many ways. And, you know, she'll be missed. Uh, but I will say this. At least I'm glad that she did get to see a couple Super Bowl victories before she passed away gracefully. So, you know, there is that. So, I mean, so what are your thoughts on, you know, the passing of Norma Hunt? Yeah, R.I.P. Norma Hunt. Uh, she definitely was special for the Chiefs. And she was the only woman ever to go to every Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So that's, 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 that's pretty dope, man. But, uh, yeah, that's messed up she passed. Like you said, I'm happy she got to see us finally win a championship after so long. I know that was probably crazy for her. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, and not to, like, use her death as, like, a motivation factor or anything, but, I mean, it kind of is a motivation factor, you know, just to win one for her. You know what I mean? Just win another one for her. So, that's, uh, that's you know, that's more motivation. But, you know, um, like I said, uh, you know, I know Clark, I know Clark, you know, he, of course, he had to take the news and, you know, go through, go through the grieving period and stuff, and he may still be going through that grieving period, you know, whatnot. But, you know, Andy Reid, you know, his comment, it says it best. Like, the thing that gets you through these things is to try to focus on the good times. And, you know, I'm sure the, as an organization, there was plenty of good times with her being there. So, you know, she will be missed. And, you know, just prayers up to the entire Hunt family. So. Sure. But, you know, with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and get into the White House visit, man. So. This this group of champions here, they the first ones to, you know, ever, you know, visit the White House and give a custom-made trophy to the President of the United States. You know, that's never been done. We got robbed of that moment a couple years back, you know, due to COVID-19 and, and all that. So, but we got the opportunity this time. And <laughs> and a few things happened along the way, like, you know, Frank Clark, the next subject we're going to get into here in a sec. 
Uh, he took a picture of Chris Jones, you know, taking a nap or sleeping or whatever. He had a caption of, I have a dream. You know, saying he looked like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. sleeping or, you know, he was actually dreaming while he was sleeping. So that was pretty funny right there. And then then Juju, he uh, reunited with some of the teammates and did a little victory dance or touchdown dance one last time with the group. And then, of course, like, you know, uh, Andy Regan choked up during his speech, you know, just being there and everything. Um, and then, like, at the end, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, he liked to be a little goofy with it and stuff. Um, he, he, he spoke a little bit on the mic. He was like, I've been waiting for this moment that, you know, Patrick had to <laughs> play security guard. Like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, those are just a few of the highlights that happened at the White House. But, um, all those guys, they look casket sharp, man. But, I mean, what, what did you get out of it, you know, just watching, like, the whole thing, like, the behind the scenes stuff and when it aired live? I've had the same thoughts as as you. Uh, yeah, Chris Jones, that was funny as hell right there. It was good seeing Frank Clark back. Like you said, before we got this news, man, I was happy we seen him back. I thought that meant maybe we still had a chance. But then, um, yeah, I, Juju, like you said, I was laughing at that. That was that was cool. I seen uh, Pacheco was interviewing uh, D-Line, Carloptis mm-hmm. and all that. That was pretty cool. So, yeah, I thought overall it was pretty cool. It was good. We finally got to do that. Like you said, we missed it first time. So, it was pretty cool. Uh, hopefully, we'll do it again this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely want to give back. Definitely want to complete the mission. And um, those guys, they, they locked in. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I feel, I'm sure they've been very locked in on the mission and everything. Uh, we got a bigger target on our back. You know, everybody want to, you know, beat the best. You know, just that's just how the news cycle has been going in the offseason. And, you know, we're going to be used as, you know, the main talking point as far as, like, big-name free agents or, like, who's available for trade and stuff just to, you know, either drive up the price or, you know, somebody just to hop on and sign that person. Um, but, yeah, man, it, you know, it was, it was a great moment to see. You know, got that out the way and everything. Um, but, I mean, I saw Airbnb was there, too. I mean, I'm glad you got to have that moment as well because, I mean – I just really want to – I'm just interested to see how, you know, that locker room is and how that's going to be without his presence because we mentioned this before many times. He held everybody accountable, you know, to make sure they was on point. So, But overall, man, you know, it was cool to see. I mean, it was straight and short to the point. Some people was confused at the end. Like, they was like, that's it? And I'm like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then um, Andy Reid, he talked about – he talked about the food there. You know, Andy Reid loved him some food, man. Um, he was talking about – He's talking about he's talking to the chefs like, man, you guys are awesome. You know, I guess he had like a French toast ham and cheese sandwich and then like some other stuff. So. Yeah, that's real fat boy stuff, too, Andy. That's French toast. Yeah, that sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, I don't really eat ham for real. I mean, I haven't really ate like that in like a long time. But, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it might be it might be decent, but I don't know if I ever tried it. So, <laughs> but but yeah, man. I mean, as you seen in the pictures, like when they took pictures and stuff, you saw that Frank Clark was wasn't that far from Brett Veach in the photo, right? So some people was thinking, um, well, they they may be able to work something out. Frank Clark may actually come back. But that segues over to the next subject, man. Uh, Frank Clark. He decided to go ahead and sign with the ASU West rival. He's a Denver Bronco now. Uh, 
so so yeah um and it's not the first time that this has happened in throughout our chiefs history we had neil smith uh come over from the chiefs to the broncos we know how that happened uh they didn't want to pay him and then another instance was jamal charles he was a little bit past his prime at the at the time you know he decided to go to the broncos uh so those are the few examples there and then like as far as like AFC, yeah Derek johnson as far as AFC west guys Derek johnson he, he was a raider in his final year in the nfl and then uh brandon flowers can't forget about him uh, he eventually went to the Chargers for a short period. So, I mean, it is what it is, man. Um, Frank Clark, um, as you can see here, like, he, he signed to a one-year deal. This is a one-year prove-it deal worth $7.5 million. So, he got his bread. Like, he went to the team that was going to pay him the most money. And, you know, unfortunately, it's in the, within the division. So, um, I know one thing. I'm not going to be like some Chiefs fans and be like, man, ah, man, you an op. You are op now for YouTube and all this stuff because, look, Frank Clark was a big part of why we won two Super Bowls, man. So I, I can't, I can't sit on the dude. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so like whenever Denver does come here to Arrowhead this upcoming season, and I see him out on the field, I'm gonna give him a salute, man. I'm thankful for everything, you know. So, so what was your thoughts when uh you saw that news, man? Oh, I was hurt. I, I didn't even want to believe it. I seen somebody post it. I'm like, let me, let me make sure somebody verifies said it. But yeah, man, it's it's different. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like that, Jamal. Man, it, it's different because he actually won us a championship, and how he was that emotional leader in those championship runs both times. Like that, that kind of changed it up for me. I mean, of course, Jamal was better and. A lot of them players was better Chiefs, but him going there, him doing that after he done won the Super Bowl after all the tough times we had with him, it, it kind of sucks, man. I ain't going to lie. And I, I, I thought the price was decent enough. If we really wanted him, we could have kept him at that price. Like, I, I think we could have signed him for that same contract. Chiefs just didn't want him, just like with uh, Orlando Brown. They really just didn't want him. But it, it sucked, man. It, and it's going to suck with Denver because I think now this does change Denver's offseason. If they get Dalvin Cook, I said something about that earlier. But they get Dalvin Cook after the offseason. They had – it's a pretty good offseason for Russell Wilson and uh, Sean Payton. Maybe they can build on something and be a fight for that last wild card spot. Who knows? So, yeah, I think especially with their young defense they got, Broncos got a nice defense. Got a nice uh, pass rushers already. I mean, I, I think he's going to do good there. I, I hate he had to go there, but it, it is what it is, man. It, it sucked, though, man. Yeah, business is business, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, that's the tough That's the tough part, you know what I mean? Like, when you don't sign these guys and bring them back, they made it up with, like, a division rival or a team that's been on your neck. And you know they decide to go there. I mean, you just mentioned with Orlando Brown Jr. He he's a Cincinnati Bengal now. I mean, that's been one of the teams that's been competing uh, to try to knock us off in the AFC. So, but for Frank Clark, man, I mean, <laughs> some people was talking about man, we don't have to worry about Frank Clark in the playoffs. At least we don't have to worry about that. But I'm like, eh, I ain't go, I ain't gonna go that far. You know what I mean? Because you just never know. You just never know. Denver may they may get it together this time. I mean, it's a better coach, more experienced. He is Super Bowl champ, Sean Payton. 
Um, he may get Russell Wilson back right. Who knows? I mean, Denver, they just a wild card right now. They they getting talent. They sign the talent. They just – we just got to see if it's going to work. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think they're going to win the division. But I, I do think right. a wild card, fighting for that last wild card, definitely possible. Like, I don't think Russell Wilson is going to be as bad as last year. He might not be back to old Russ, but – I mean, I don't think he's done and done like that. I think he got a little something left. <laughs> I'm with you, too, on that night. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he didn't even show up to the end. He showed up to the, uh, to the White House appearance. But he wasn't the only one that didn't show up. But, you know... Clyde, I, I, did Clyde I, show up? Um, people say he didn't. So, I had mentioned that, like, in the chat room. I was like, I was like, uh, you know, you got to look out for Clyde. Because, I mean... Somebody was saying, like, everybody pretty much showed up, and I was like, we got to look out for Clyde, though, because he went at the parade, so. But I ain't, I ain't I really sure about that. He's he selling that, uh, that ring as soon as he gets traded. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, like, so you mentioned Dalvin Cook. Let, let's, let's go into that real quick. Okay, so you saw the report today that it's either Denver or Miami, according to Adam Schefter. And Schefter, he's pretty legit with his sources uh, for the most part. So, like, I mean, how do you see it play out? I mean, what's the percentage a chance that Denver does land Dalvin Cook? Uh, I think I think he's probably gonna go to Miami. I think Denver might be able to uh, spend that money if they really wanted them bad enough. But yeah, Miami gonna be tough to turn down. Just looking at him, that's if he's looking into it. What would where would he be the best fit? I think it's Miami. I think they got a more explosive offense. I mean, playing with Sean Payton, they already got somebody too. Javante coming off that injury. I don't know. I, I think Miami probably be the better spot for him. Probably where he would want to go more pay wise and football fit wise. So I'll probably get like twenty percent for Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean Dalvin is from that area, you know. I mean he played he played ball at Florida State. So I mean there is that. I mean I know somebody mentioned had like Denver. I mean not Denver, but Miami. They kind of run a similar scheme to how Minnesota is right now. And I mentioned like Minnesota while he was there. You know when Kevin O'Connell got there, he didn't fit what he really wanted to do out there in Minnesota for that one year. Like Dalvin Cook was still a productive player, but at the same time, you still got them injury issues. So I mean there is that. But with Miami, you know, they do got they do got a bunch of running backs right now. I mean, you got Moster, Wilson, and they just drafted a rookie in Devin A chain. Uh, but you know, there's injury concerns with those guys. Uh so uh but I mean if Miami does add down cook, I mean it'll help the running back room some, you know. So we'll see what happens with that. And look who just pulled up. <laughs> look who just arrived. What's up with it, D-Man? little late, man. Good to be here. So you're glad you're here, man. So so we had just touched on, you know, Frank Clark uh, signing with the Denver Broncos. I mean, what was your thoughts when he made a decision on that today? Yeah, I was, uh, I was surprised to see it a little bit. Um, I understood, though. Yeah, the guy, you know, getting a five million dollar guarantee contract, you know, up to seven million. Um, that was just money that we weren't going to have available for him, um, especially given our cap situation. The fact that we're already paying him seven mil, you know, in dead cap money this year. So 
I understand why he decided to take that money. Uh, you know, he obviously wants to be on a football field, and, and so this is going to give him opportunity to. Um, so, you know, good for him uh, to be able to get that money. Obviously, wish it wasn't with uh, Denver, but uh, we'll get to see him twice a year. <laughs> yeah, there is that. <laughs> and, like, and you guys remember, like, the schedule has us playing Denver week six and then week eight, and that's a tough stretch. Like, clearly – it looks like the NFL wants this winning streak to end. So, <laughs> um, I mean, there, there's a chance that, could, that it could happen because, I mean, that is a very tough stretch. And, you know, Denver, they had a pretty solid offseason so far. We'll just see. We got to see if the chemistry going to be there. That's what we're mm-hmm. waiting on. And Denver, Denver played as close last year as bad as they was both games. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I think they, way, yeah that, that game in Denver um, – just randomly start turning the ball over. I think in the sec- the end of the second quarter, the you know, start mm-hmm. third third quarter and got him back into the game. Um, I think it was like a, was it twenty twenty four point lead that we ended up, you know, making that game a lot closer than it needed to be. Um, and then you know, but it, look, there there are times in which Denver does play as close, and, and that's just the way divisional games go, whether uh, how good we are or not. But um, <laughs> I I'm not the highest on on Denver and Sean Payton this year, so we'll we'll see how that ends up working out. Uh, so you think you think it's gonna take them more than a year to finally get right, or are they ever yeah. gonna get right? Uh, well, I don't know if they're ever going to get right with uh, Russell Wilson making the money that he is currently making. Um, they have serious holes on the interior of that offensive line, still, in my opinion. They paid a lot of money to a below-average uh, right tackle, and Mike McGlinchey, a guy that a lot of Niners fans were happy to get rid of. Um, they signed Samaj P. Ryan, which is cool. They got a, a third down running back. They lost a guy in Draymond Jones, um, who I thought was a very underrated defensive lineman for them. And Everer was a very good defensive coordinator for him. Um, and so I don't think that the Sean Payton fix of their offense is going to offset um, the defensive you know, step back that they are going to take, in my opinion, from being a top 10 defense last year. So. I, I don't really see a, a winning season necessarily in Denver, but we'll see if they can prove me wrong. Okay, so okay, so you still think it's Chiefs and Chargers still, like the top two teams in the AFC West? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the Chargers have a chance at a wild card spot. Obviously, I, I have us winning the division, um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't foresee uh, there's going to be a lot of competition from Denver or the Raiders this year. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> I ain't nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I, I think Denver on paper, they get a little better. But as far as playoffs, yeah, I'm just going to have to wait and see on that one. Uh, but uh, what, the, what what Frank Clark can bring is, you know, if they do somehow make the playoffs in his one year here this year, he, he he's proven that he has performed in the playoffs. Like, he's one of the best playoff performers we've seen in quite mm-hmm. some time from a defensive end. So, but we'll just see if Denver gets together or not. Um, but what I did see uh, today as well is I saw the NFL page on Twitter was pumping up Kadarius Tony today, <laughs> and it was talking about what uh, will will he put up big numbers in his second go around or his first full go around in Kansas City. So I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on Kadarius Tony if he is actually the number one wide receiver on the depth chart? Um, I mean, 
I, I'm a Sky Moore fan. Uh, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm in the Sky Moore camp firmly. I think that uh, he has a better chance necessarily at being the guy that steps up to lead that wide receiver room. Um, he, Kadarius Tony is a guy that I, I certainly see all of the talent in the world. It's impossible not to. The explosiveness, the change of direction, the acceleration. He goes up against the ball. He can catch the ball very well. He understands what he's doing as a wide receiver. It's just the question mark of the health. And I think that the Chiefs would rather play it a little bit safer rather than expose him to, you know, a lot of snaps trying to be and make him into a number one wide receiver when instead you can make sure that you use him for high impactful snaps um, and make sure he stays on the field. But that all comes down to how much confidence they have in the health. And if they have a lot of confidence in the health, then maybe he gets those type of snaps. Yeah, I'm with it. Like you said, we know we know what it is with Tony. It's not the talent is not the question. If you can guarantee me 13 games starting, if you can guarantee me 13 games, I can get you 800 yards. I I, I think he can do that, but we got to guarantee that he can play that amount of games. That's a lot of games for him. Has he ever played 13 games? Uh, no. I don't think so. I mean, I the, most, the, the most games the most games he has played is ten, and that was his rookie year back in twenty twenty one. But the most games he started is like 10. ten. Yeah, ten not gonna be enough. If he so. only plays ten games, he won't be the number one receiver on the two. Yeah, it's 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 pretty tough to do that. I mean, you're talking about. I think I was gonna find it real quick. Yeah, that I mean, the career high in snap counts is forty six. That's not gonna. You're not coming to come close to being number one wide receiver doing 46 percent snaps. No. So yeah, this is like a prove it type of deal with him. You know, I mean, this is this he'll have this will be his first full off season in Kansas City. You know, mm-hmm. first mini camp, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I don't think he, I don't think he has has he arrived at mini camp yet. I I think he oh, was OTA, there today. OTA is my bad. Yeah, he was there. He was there today. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we just got this. We just got to see about that. Um, but I think if he is healthy, you know, he may get close to a thousand yards if he is healthy. Because like you guys mentioned, the talent is there. And you know, we seen him with the ball. Like the dude does amazing things with the football in his hands. So, so there's that. Um, let's talk about let's talk about the man cover reveal. Um, I mean, I'm sure I know. I know you still play Madden, Boog. I don't. I don't know about D Mac. I mean, I don't know where he's at, but you probably had to go do something real quick. But Josh Allen got named as the cover, the cover guy for Madden 24. Um, with me, man, like here's the thing for Josh Allen. Look, you, you see the talent is there. He's got the arm. He can run. You know, he get, some people call him the White Cam Newton. All this other stuff. I don't think he's nowhere near Cam's level, but Anyway, cream, uh, my thing, my thing, yeah, cream new. <laughs> yeah, my my thing is this though, man. Uh, Josh Allen, what people have been ignoring is like the amount of turnovers. Like when you look at his career numbers, like the dude's fumbling, he's pretty high at fumbles. Yeah, like he's pretty high at fumbles, and his interceptions kind of out there too. So, and and like, and I've been saying for a while now that Josh Allen, he's he plays like an arcade quarterback in a sense. Uh, but, and I think, and heck, I think this cover is fitting for him. I think him getting the cover for Matt 24 fits right, right into that threshold, I mean. So, 
What was your thoughts on Josh Allen getting the, being the cover guy of Mad 24? I liked it, man. I, I think it's smart. He's a market, marketable quarterback. He mm-hmm. in the New York market. He young. Everything match up. Everything match up. I think it was cool. Only thing, I, I was jealous that they put Buffalo's fans on there over we didn't get our uh, arrowhead to fans on there all these times. Mahomes been on there. That was trash. Chiefs uh, fans better than Buffalo fans. But I mean, I thought it was cool. Like you said, this when you play madness, it's, it's a lot of turnovers in the game, <laughs> passing. So I think he fit. Yep. I, yeah, I, yeah. I'll be suckered into buying it. I, I, I'm pretty sure they go get this sixty out of me, even though yeah, I don't want to play it. They are. They, go they definitely are. <laughs> uh, but my, my thing is this, man. Like, I feel like Joe Burrow should have been more of a candidate than Josh Allen, in my opinion. Uh, but I, I guess I guess Joe Burrow's not your prototypical, you know, company guy they're looking for, I guess. I don't know. Because I do find it funny how the Bengals, they have, they have this good team now. They got this uh explosive offense and all that talent all around and they don't really get promoted so the Bengals had ain't, ain't never really been attracted to the national football league anyway but but that's they a got small these... market that's what i'm saying but uh josh allen is a little more exciting of a quarterback just watching while i'm not saying he's bad well yeah but right, he's right, running right. he's dumping he's giving you those espn top 10 plays and he's in new york i i can i get it but mm-hmm. I, I do get what you're saying. It seems like it, – it, it would seem like Joe Cool would be easy to be marketed on Madden. Like. Yeah, and like and like Joe and Joe Burrow, I mean, he, he's done some exciting things too. Like, we don't see him escape out of pocket. We don't see him juke folks in the open field before, you know. Like, people be sleeping on his athleticism. Yeah, but not like things. Josh Allen. Well, not nah. Not like Josh Allen just because Josh Allen run more. Too. Yeah, like it's way more opportunity for Josh Allen to do it. Yeah, yeah, great point there. So, so yeah, man. Uh, but you know, congratulations, Josh Allen, on getting that. Um, but I know Buffalo fans; they was freaking out. You know, I mean, I seen quite a bit of them. They was freaking out when Josh Allen got the cover. It was like, oh shoot, we're gonna be cursed. But I think Patrick Mahomes has already proven that. You know, that coverage jinx, it might not be a thing anymore. But who knows? Curse could come back. We'll see. Because I know people still got. I know people are still pretty high on the Bills this year in the AFC in general. So, but yeah, let's yeah, go. Devin Cook yeah. go to Miami. That's gonna get interesting. Oh yeah, that AFC is gonna be something, dog. Without a doubt, it's definitely gonna be something. Um, so, so let's go. Let's go on. Go on to the next subject here. Um, we got OTAs. OTAs happened today, uh, the ninth day. Uh, we saw some things with that. Uh, we saw Patrick Mahomes being a little bit off on his on his deep passes and everything. Uh, but then we also got more news about uh, Daenerys Prince and how his progress has been going. So it's looking like, so far, it's looking like he may be a contender to be, you know, the kick returner, at least on this team. But, of course, we still got training camp and all that other stuff. Um, you know, unfortunately, like my internet is tripping right now, so I mean, I can't really look up all the other stuff. But as far as night day of OTAs, man, uh, guys just getting back in the form and everything. So, 
Um, but what's what's something you looking forward to, man? Like when training camp arrives, like what's the main thing you looking forward to? Of course, one of my main things, and they said something about it today too, is uh, Scott Moore year two, his chemistry with Mahomes. I want to see how that is, of course, on offense. That's that's my biggest thing on offense. On defense, I want to see how that pass rush is right now. I mean, they don't have pads on right now, but I want to see how that is because I think we still need a veteran back there added to that group. So I'm I'm looking at them two things. Yeah, D-Mac, I don't know if you heard the question, you know, we came back in here, but I was asking Bug, like, we was going through, like, the, some of the highlights of day nine OTAs and stuff. And I asked him, like, what's the one thing you're looking forward to when training camp gets here? Yeah, um, I did see the the thread on day nine. And sorry, my connection has been going in and out. Um, but, yeah, um, as far as when training camp gets here, uh, I think the, the most important thing just for the chief success of question mark next year, because I do believe that the way the defense is set up, these young guys are going to be stepping into their roles. I feel confident in the way that they're going to have more comfortability there in the scheme. And obviously some of the veterans that they brought in to kind of supplement them. I'm going to be a little bit interested to see how the tackle situation kind of works out. Um, if Donovan Smith is a guy that's healthy, ready to take over the left tackle spot, if not what they end up doing with Joan Taylor as a result and how they end up working in Wanye or Lucas Niang as uh, you know, off of that and, and what they want that competition to look like. So that, that tackle position is the one that I'm most going to be concerned with uh, because it's always going to determine how Patrick Holmes is, is protected. And that's the most important thing on the team. So um, I, I believe that the wide receiver situation is going to work itself out. I, I think this team is, is deep at that position as far as different talents for different situations. And I think Reed and, and company will be able to parse out who needs to be put in where, um, and that competition will work itself out. And I believe in the defense coming into its own in its second year in the scheme. Yeah, and I just I just hate I hate that I had to argue with some folks. Like I think it was last week. And, you know, we were arguing over trenches and stuff. And they was talking about, man, you you guys ain't really got no trenches. And I was like, huh? It was like, who gonna be your tackles? I'm like, and when I said Donovan Smith, maybe the left tackle, we was like, Dominic Smith, you know he was terrible last year, right? And you know, but then I saw some Bucks fans, they was arguing with me too about how terrible he was last year. I'm like, dude, he was playing hurt. Like when he went up against the Cowboys in week one, he looked just fine up until he hyperextended his elbow. He had to compensate for his hyperextended elbow and it affected his technique and everything. So and like the year before, people forget he was rated as like a top ten left tackle, I believe, the year before. So mm -hmm. like if he's healthy and he's back right. The sign might not be that bad. Yeah, I mean, look, they, they, they've gone through these things, and obviously we talked about it. You said Smith was hurt last year, and that affected his level of play. But we're coming off a season in which the two tackles combined to give the most pressures in the league. So it can't really get that much worse from that perspective than what you're talking about. Um, and so if this guy is healthy, he's proven to be very good tackle. He's proven that he can play on a championship team at left tackle. He just has. And so it, you're not talking about a guy that's unproven, a guy that you're hoping can play this position. No, it's a guy that understands what you're doing. Um, and Toronto on the right side, he's a 25-year-old tackle. When you're talking about tackle and aging curves, usually the guys that come in aren't, you know, immediate suits. 
uh, giant slavers of the dependency of also the world. The guys that have the athletic ability just need coaching. Those guys are going to get better and really show you their high level of play as they get into the 26, 27, 28 level of, uh, of you know their aging curves because they understand how to play the position. Now he's going to be getting the best you know coaching of his career in Andy Eck. Now he's going to be working in the best scheme of his career under Andy Reid. And obviously he's going to have Patrick Mahomes who makes life easier as a tackle. I believe John Taylor is going to give us the best, you know, years of his career, what we have for him under contract here, whether that's the right side or the left side. I'm confident in he's going to bring that level of play that will raise up the tackle room in general. Yeah, like if people, I mean, so like if he does play the right side for like the duration of his career, I'm talking about Jamon Taylor here. If he does play the right side for the duration of his career, I mean, people go look at it as like, yeah, we paid him a lot of money to play right tackle, but at least he's not Mike McGlinchey. Say that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> I'm, if I'm going to pay a lot of money to a tackle, I want a high level of play. That's what Jawan Taylor can bring to the table. So I, it's not a big deal for me. The fact that Eric Fisher was a solid left tackle and Mitchell Schwartz was an awful right tackle, that was a recipe success for us. We sure didn't have the center of the line. So there's no reason why it still can't work now where our right tackle is better than our left tackle. That's not a turn for me. As long as you have a competent level play in the room. Yeah, and like, and the one thing, this is the thing I'm looking forward to seeing in training camp. Like, by the end of it, I'm looking forward to seeing how this depth chart going to look as far as wide receivers. I mean, just like the progress of it, you know, through training camp and preseason, just to see uh, the finalization of that. So, because, like, there's been rumors going swirling around that Justin Watson may not make the team after all. I've been seeing those rumors going along, going on the internet. I don't know how true it is, but it could be something to that because we did bring in a lot of receivers for competition. Yeah, I mean, look, I saw that. it's – oh, sorry, you good. I was about to say that I saw this uh, wild stat about Richie James. Richie James, uh, he was mm-hmm. the most effective wide receiver on third downs this past season. I'll say that. That was pretty funny. Like, I'll have to go back and look, like, uh, when he was when he was catching those passes on third downs, like, you know, where the Giants – was it when, like, the Giants were trying to come back in the games or was it when the score was about even, you know, but – I mean, there might there might be something to that. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I think Richie is a very effective slot wide receiver. So, like, you know, if, if Sky goes down for a game or two, or if he, Sky isn't ready to step up into that role, he's a guy that can give you some some good snaps. And he proved to, that he was able to do that last year for the Giants in a similar system as well. So, I, like I said, I think they have built the depth of this room in an effective way that makes sense. Uh, but I agree, Chuck, how this, this wide receiver depth chart comes out is going to be very interesting because, like you said, Justin Watts and Richie James, outside of the top four that we know are going to be there, those guys are competing to hold on to those spots with Justin Ross, with, with John Ross, with Amir Smith, Marset, et cetera, et cetera. There are other guys that are going to be clawing and trying to get those spots. So we'll see how that all works out in the preseason and training camp. But it looked like you wanted to say something. No, I'm doubling back on that receiver, uh, even with MVS, man, because I feel like we, we talk about Tony, supposed to be the number one receiver. We talk about Scott Moore taking a step. 
still got MVS. What does he go do? They was talking about that connection a little bit today, but will they improve? Will he? Because we know last year that was one thing that we thought Mahomes should have, he could have worked on was them deep connections with MVS. Didn't seem like they was on the same page all season. So, I mean, it's, it's possible he take a step too, but what type of step is that going to be? Like like you said, we got a lot of options at receiver. It's going to be interesting how they use them. Yeah, and I saw a high take. Um, I think I mentioned it on the last show, you know, talking about how um, how MVS could actually be the guy instead of Kadarius Tony, as far as like you know production and everything. So, oh yeah, Dan yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, Dan Harms. Yep, he's the one to say that. So, we'll see how that goes, man. I mean, maybe you can make a case like we said. He he got hot in the playoffs. Will it carry over? I, I don't think yeah. so, but I mean, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, so my guy D man, he he kinda hurting over there as far as the nation. Um, but um I know Felix, he's still Felix and you know, DK Uzama, he's still trying to, you know, get healthy and stuff. We haven't really seen much of him throughout OTAs and everything. So like we saw what Carl Arthur did last year, right? And how he turned around the second half of the year and to be a little more productive. Like uh where do you see Felix being at when it's all said and done his rookie year? Hopefully, like the same. I, I'm still holding out hope we get a, a veteran. Uh, I, I can't say his name right. Yana, uh, that play for the Colts. Yana uh, Nagakwe? Yeah, I'm still hoping we can get somebody like that still. Well, we don't need Felix to be that guy. Hopefully he is. I mean, but late round, first round pick, pass rushers, your expectations are – you don't go into it thinking they're going to get you 10 sacks first year. So hopefully we can get a veteran and we can ease him in and he can be productive this year. But I I don't have big – I'm not going into the season thinking he's getting us 10 sacks. If he could just be a consistent pass rush this year, I would be happy. Yeah. And then, and then like, uh, let's see here. And as far as, like, as far as like the backup quarterback position, or whatever, um, you know, according to this report today, you know, they was talking about Blaine Gabbard and how he looked out, looked out there and stuff. Uh, they haven't really said much of uh, Shane Buchel, so I mean, we'll see if he's gonna make the team or not. I mean, I feel like we still only gonna keep two quarterbacks on this roster, but who knows, man? Well, they just they just changed their rule, right? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. They did change the rules. Like you can, ha- you can actually have like an emergency quarterback in a sense. I, I can't remember what the exact rule w- rule was, but you can't have a emergency quarterback in it, and it, and it won't take up like a roster spot. So yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I think they'll keep saying. But you, but you mentioned the uh, NVS too. Like today, you know, um, according to his report from Peace Winnie, you're saying how Mahomes and NVS they look as good as they did last. OTAs as far as like you know being in sync and being on point um and you know like Mahomes hit him on a deep post and later for a touchdown in red zone so so yeah hopefully it'll just carry over to the field this time because like you mentioned last year there was times where they would just be a hair off on those big plays so you know hopefully they'll connect a little more this year 
I want to see those linebackers too. What's up with Tranquil? Tranquil, I want to see what's up with him, man. I think he gonna be big on that defense. Yeah, I think so too. I'm just looking. I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing, and like you mentioned with the defense, I am looking forward to seeing if this t- defense can be top ten. That's the one thing we haven't that should done. Be, that should be a goal this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we haven't done that under uh, Patrick Mahomes. So, but with that being said, but you man, think Beach has done enough? You think Beach has done enough this year to make this a top ten defense as of right now? I still think we need one more defense lineman in the trenches. Um, that's just me. That's just me personally. And then I think we're pretty much good to go after that. I just think defensive line help is still a thing with us. So, But I am excited for year two of George Kalathis. I feel like George, year two of George Kalathis is going to be even more special. Uh, yeah. He should be a double sack guy or real close this year. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah, the expectation for him. I just think I just think that I just think that last year the way he finished strong in the second half of the year, I think that momentum carries over to this season. I think you'll see a little more consistency from him overall, whether he is getting sacks or whether he's doing other stuff like forcing fumbles or bad passes down the line of scrimmage or you know, just pressuring the quarterback in general, getting more pressures. Yeah, I think we're going to be way more versatile on the D-line, and that's going to help him a lot. Just with adding Charles and adding what we got now, we're going to be able to be way more versatile, a little more creative with that pass rush and them blitzes, I think. So I definitely think it should be a good year for Carlotta. Okay. Well, all right, well, let's let's go ahead and talk to do something like just a little bit off the football field in a sense. Okay, so um, we – Okay, we're going we to discuss what we talked about in the group chat like a few days ago. Okay, so, you know, there's been rumors floating around about whether Kansas City is going to get a hockey team or a basketball team at some point to play at the T-Mobile Center. And, you know, the topic of the, the NBA team came up, right? And the country was like, you know, is the, is, is the city going to be able to support that, like, financially, or the fans going to be able to support that on the regular and stuff? And I was like, I was like, yeah, we can, cause look, we got Oklahoma City. There ain't nothing to do in Oklahoma City, and they get a decent crowd. And and then you got cities like Portland, and I mean, Milwaukee. I mean, you just name a few of those cities that are kind of like in a small market, and they support their teams just fine. So I don't see why we couldn't do it. So I mean, like, what are your thoughts on Kansas City getting like another sports team, whether it's the NHL or the NBA? Uh, which one would you prefer? And like, do you think, do you think that fans can is that are actually going to support support it on a consistent basis? Uh, of course, I'm gonna go NBA. I, I wouldn't mind having either, to be honest. But I'm definitely going NBA. I definitely would be a season ticket holder. I I definitely think we would support. Just if you see how the uh, they support KU. I mean, we support local college basketball. KU, MU, K-State, all of them, we, we support. So I, I don't know why we wouldn't do it with, with uh, a national team. So I, I'm definitely going NBA. I would support it. I think it would be good, good for here. Yeah, and that's going to be the only thing with 
period, if we got an NBA team, you got to get lucky and get a star in the draft. I mean, that that's just how it go. But I, I would I would sit through bad times in the NBA for an NBA team. I, I would sit through it. I would love it, man. I think it would be good for our downtown too. So I'm all in. So what are your thoughts on that, D Mac? Yeah, look, I, I've I've said it for a long time, and it does seem like Seattle and, and Vegas are probably next up as far as the NBA is concerned. But it, the NBA needs to be in Missouri. Um, obviously, I'm St. Louis person, but whether it's Kansas City or, or St. Louis, there needs to be a team in Missouri, no matter what. And you know, ideally, there'd be two. Um, I know that there's enough people that would support the basketball in town, regardless of which city it is. Um, and so, I would love to see the NBA come back you know, to Missouri and, and it deserves to, to certainly. Um, and if it's an NHL team as well, I think that would be awesome too. As much sports that can come to, to this state, I, I think it's going to be a good thing because there's obviously a passion here. There's plenty of fans here um, to be had. Um, and I think it's always great for the next generation. I mean, it, everything that you see that Mahomes has, has done, the influence that he's had on the city in general, there's always a chance where you get a, a special player in a special place that ends up driving that type of thing. And so, you can never you can never underestimate how having the chance to have that type of person come to your city um, can really boost uh, things around town. So I, I certainly would love to see either NHL or NBA or both uh, come to Kansas City and Missouri in general. Yep, and you just just imagine game. drafting our own LeBron, bro. Like. Hmm? <laughs> See, I keep doing this on purpose. You, you do this on purpose, dog. <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> I can't stand Boogie, man. What a reaction. <laughs> you do oh this on God. purpose, dog. Well, oh. anyway, uh, D-Mac, like you mentioned, the St. Louis, right? I know they had an ABA team before back in the 70s with mm-hmm. the Spirits, even though it only lasted for three years. But yeah. I mean, they 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 could be an option too. Uh, but at the end of the day, like we didn't see the numbers with T-Mobile Center throughout the years. Um, they do they like near they like top five as far as like attendance, whether you can buy like concerts, sporting events, all that in one. And it's, I just find it odd how they haven't got another professional team down there yet. Give and also given the fact that the college basketball experience is right next door, so. I don't, I don't see yeah you you can't tell me you can't tell me that it wouldn't work here like it, that doesn't it would like you mentioned you rattled off some of the names early it would not be even close to the smallest market you're talking about um oh well it's it's a college basketball no it's not it's a basketball place it's a place where people like to watch basketball it just so happens that it ends up being more college basketball because that's what's oh you know open to them but it, if it works in Indiana and it was the Hughes and now it's the pages It'll work here. I promise you it will. There's enough fans here. It's a big enough market for it to work. It's just about if the, it, it comes together and materializes. Yep. And like, and then I'm seeing, I've seen some of the projects that Kansas City is doing for the next few years leading up to the World Cup. So, I mean, it's only going to get bigger. And like, you know, when Vegas and Seattle finally get their NBA teams. <laughs> oh, Quinn. <laughs> when when, when uh, Vegas and Seattle finally get the NBA teams, I think we'll be right behind them. Uh, just a matter of if that's ever going to happen. Hopefully, I'm Can not I, too I old. I got a question for y'all. What's up? 
why is Seattle just a guaranteed one? Because they took away the the Sonics and and they pretty we it's universally agreed that they need to be back in the Seattle market because of how thirsty they are for basketball. Um, and so they, the NBA is probably feeling a little bit of an obligation to come back there. And on top of that, they got a new arena now. Like they do have a new like arena. They, that is true. Yeah, because like um, I don't know. The how new is they are? So, um, ain't been that long. I can't remember. Like, is it? It's newer than the T-Mobile. Uh, yeah, I think they are a little newer. Yeah, I think it is. I'm trying to remember, it's like the. It's like yeah. Climate Pledge Arena. This looks like it is. Uh, yep. Yeah, you're right. Climate Pledge Arena. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, that's like the home of the Kraken and the Seattle Storm. Right. So, and so it's been there and since 2021. 2021. Oh, okay. That was the last time it was renovated. That was the last time it was renovated. It's been older right. than that, though. Um, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. But it's mostly the Sonics thing. The fact that they took that that team away, they want to so they want to get a game back. So Kyrie, but well, you took ours first, man. I don't want to hear. <laughs> I, I mean, I can see Vegas. I know why Vegas, uh, with how gambling is now and how they got that new football arena and what they could do there. I we know that's got to happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't like how Seattle is just automatically ahead of us. I hate that, man. And it felt like Louisville was too for a minute. Yeah, that one yes, never yep. made sense to me. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that one I never got with. Yeah, Louisville, that would just be strange, man. That's just, that's just me personally. Mm. You don't need you don't need a, a team in Louisville. <laughs> there's there's not enough. You can split it between Memphis and nothing. No, that's there's not enough fans in that area. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right, so, man. Hey, man. Please. Yeah, it's got to happen, man. I was going to say, do, do you guys, like, have a name in mind that you would want it? Because, like, mine's always been the St. Louis Storm because it just, you know, the alliteration storm makes sense. But where, do you guys have a name in mind of where you, which you guys would want it to be? It's got to be something with royalty, man, because, I mean, you know, we got the Royals. I mean, we had the Kings before. I mean, or, or you could look at it at the other angle with the Chiefs and all that. But I, at the end of the day, I would say – I'll say bring back the Kansas City Knights, man, because mm-hmm. I remember when they was an ABA team for a little bit when they was here. That would be lit. Yeah, so. I think the Knights could be a nice game. I, I, yeah, I think the, the Knights whales. would be nice. <laughs> you said the whales. Yeah. You still, why you pick the whales, dog? They see whales, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's just random as heck. That's random as heck. Um, but I, I got another subject I want to talk about before we get up out of here. This is like mm-hmm. across the league subject. So we know about Dalvin Cook getting released and stuff. And you see like the big name running backs that are in free agents now. I mean, you got Dalvin Cook, you got Ezekiel Elliott, you got Leonard Fournette, and you got Kareem Hunt. And then, you know, you got Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. They haven't signed a franchise tag tenders yet. So, like, how do you guys feel about the running back position now? Like, is it – is it truly dying, or will it ever get brought back to be like the popular position it was in the past? Yeah, look, I mean the the running back position is is something like you said, it's kind of dying out. Um, 
and it's not a situation in which there's not going to be running backs. There always are going to be running backs because there's going to be a role to play as far as moving the ball, you know, on the ground. But it's just not the more efficient way to go about things. And when you're talking about a position that for whatever reason, these guys are not lasting as long, maybe it's just because they're bigger, faster athletes. And, and you have to take that punishment when you're trying to be a really good one. When you're doing that 20 times a game, you're getting hit by bigger, faster athletes on a consistent basis. It's hard to hold up. Um, for five plus years at a time to justify getting a contract. Um, and that's why you're, you're seeing all these guys get extensions and then they're cut two to three years into their extensions. And that happens at other positions, but it's almost guaranteed at running back because you're just not going to hold up long enough to justify that money. So um, that's just where the position is. Um, there's a certain aspect of whatever defenses adjust to that you're always going to need that running back to take advantage of at times. But paying him big money when offensive line is more important and wide receivers are now more important and quarterbacks always are going to be more important. I, it's not a premium position anymore. It's hard to justify that up against the cap. What's going on, bud? Yeah, it's, it's messed up how they're doing the running backs now. Definitely, they definitely devalued them. They, uh, they, they just they treat them so bad, man. It's crazy. The, the type of players that we talking about at running back, we talking about top five running backs that's just getting cut. Like, and it's, it's been happening for, like you said, for years. It's just been happening. But it's it's crazy. They don't appreciate them like that. And I, I don't think it'll ever get like that. I think now the closest thing it'll be is, like, running backs like Christian McCaffrey and they prom just getting you almost 100 catches. I think those are the only type of running backs that eventually will get paid is dual threat running backs. And it's still not going to be close to what they was making when we was younger. I, I, them days is long gone. You have kids, yeah. don't let them be running backs no more, man. When we were and little, that's all everybody wanted to be was a running back. And that's a part of it. That is a part of it. You know, kids now are, are growing up and seeing people sling the ball over the field. Um, you know, I'm younger than you guys. So like when I grew up, even I grew up in a more pass happy, you know, system. so I wanted to be a wide receiver instead of a running back. And so the, these kids are seeing those, you know, kind of star wide receivers more so than the star running backs. And that, that definitely plays a role and that drives athletes more so towards the position that they want to play. And, and that's a result of it. Um, so yeah, unfortunately that, that is the way it's going. Like, the, the biggest indicator of it is it's one thing when you see the older guys that are already making big money that, you know, end up getting cut into their deals. But what you see with the Giants where a, a middling quarterback ends up getting $40 million a year and the running back that carried the entire offense is, is stuck on the tag and can't get his second contract. You're just like, man, that that is an awful situation. And, and the running back really has to suck it up because there's, there's nothing more for him to do at this point because of the CBA and the way that it's written. He either shows up to training camp or he's not going to get paid. And so he's got to accept a lesser deal if he even wants to get a, a, a multi-year contract. <laughs> and he's got to continue to earn that money every single year. There's no security on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, like my th here's my thing with the situation with running backs. Uh, they, they still important to a sense. You know, I mean, I know it's more, I know it's a quarterback league now. You know, quarterbacks, they've always been the face of the team. They've always been the captain. They've always been the most looked at uh, guy on the field. You know, um, like like you mentioned, D-Mac, you know, me and Boogie grew up 
I mean, we saw all kinds of running backs throughout history um, just do their thing, like Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders, uh, Thurman Thomas. I mean, the list goes on and on beyond that. Um, but like but like you guys mentioned, throughout the past few years, um, you're seeing that running backs, like there's not that many that make it past 25 as far as like getting a, a second deal, uh, like at least get what they're worth, you know. And you're starting to see them more and more. Um, and I feel like the names I just mentioned, I feel like Saquon's the biggest name out there. I feel like he should get a bag, you know what I mean? Just just off his, uh, just off his ability and his production on the field. But Josh Jacobs, but, too, Chuck. Like, what he was for the Raiders last year, it should be no question him getting paid. Like, he yeah, was by Josh, far their best player. Yeah, yeah, Josh Jacobs, too. I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they tried to give a, a Jimmy G without a, a working foot a bunch of money instead of uh, instead of Josh Jacobs a second contract. Yeah, yeah. So that that's true too, Quinn. Yeah, so yeah. The way these the way these teams are looking at it, it is like, look, um, they they see that the shelf life is not as long like how it once was, and you know having younger legs uh, works in the long run. As far as like you know, if you want to have that team success or whatever, because like at the end of the day, I mean, you still you still got to run the ball in the playoffs. I feel like, in my opinion, but I know it's not gonna be what we once saw, you know, growing up. You know what I mean? So I do feel bad for the, I do feel bad for that group, but at this point, I mean, it is is what it is right now. And then also, Chuck, when you got somebody like Isaiah Pacheco that we got in the what round? Seventh. Seven. Seven round. And then he come and outproduce your first round running back. It's like it's kind of hard justifying paying a running back when we just got better production from the seventh round. Yeah, and there's plenty of examples like that at running back. And, and look, you, you look at what the Eagles did last year. Everybody was like, "Well, Miles Sanders having a career year." I mean, he goes obviously he went in free agency, he got paid by the Panthers. There's a reason why Philadelphia let him walk. They still have the most two important, you know, aspects of the running game. They still have Jalen Hurts' legs, which gives them an advantage in the, in the math. And they still have the best offensive line of football. You combine both of those things, you're going to have an effective running game no matter who the running back is. So you go out there and trade a, a sixth-round pick and swap a seventh for uh, DeAndre Swift. You know, it's a guy that's still, you know, got juice as a guy. You bring in Penny, who may only give you six games, but they're going to be an effective six games. And then you just piece it together with Kenny Gainwell and company. And guess what? You're still going to have a top five run shake attack, which is all you need when you have A.J. Brown and Smitty on the outside. Yep. And you don't have to spend the money that the Panthers spend it on Miles Sanders. So, Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes out in Carolina, man. <laughs> but God, but, God but, bless uh, Bryce Young. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, might be a little rough, rough this year. Yeah, it might be a yeah. little rough this year, Batman. <laughs> Bryce Young out there. Yeah, I hope he survives, man. I hope he survives, man. That's all you gotta do is, man. If you survive that rookie year, bro, it might get better. You know, it just depends on where the organization is at. Depends that they get their head on straight. So, mm-hmm. all right. So yeah. But with that being said, man, um, you D Mac, you you didn't ride to the show. Uh, when we talked about the passing of Norman Hunt and we talked about the White House visit or whatever. So, I mean, what are some of your thoughts on that before we close out? 
tonight. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Norma Hunt, um, you know, people do talk about her as, as the first lady of football, and rightfully so. I mean, she had a huge hand in the NFL-AFL merger. Um, the fact that she attended every single Super Bowl that's ever happened, like that's a, a major thing. <laughs> it's insane to think about. She's been there at every single final game of every single NFL season. Um, and she obviously is a huge architect in, in Chiefs history, um, a, a major piece of, of documenting the history of the NFL. And so for that, she's a she's a central figure um, in the history of this league, the history of football. And so um, obviously a, a, a terrible thing to have her pass away. But the fact that she got to, you know, see uh, the Chiefs win the last Super Bowl that she uh, was able to go to, uh, that's a blessing for sure. Um, she obviously got to, to kiss the Super Bowl uh, when we first won it down in Miami. Um, so that's also an awesome moment for her. And, uh, you know, may she rest in peace, certainly uh, a, a great woman as well. Um, you know, as far as the White House visit, uh, I thought it was cool. Um, it was cool to see the guys that um, were not um, still on the roster currently be able to go. Uh, you got like Miko Hartman, obviously Carlos Dunlap, Frank Clark, et cetera. Um, it was cool to see those guys back together a little bit of a, a last last reunion thing. I don't know how exactly the, the whole ring ceremony thing is going to work out as well, because that's a separate thing. I don't know. Maybe they do it through the bye week so that those guys can ba- come back or not, whatever. Uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, certainly cool to see those guys all at the White House. I mean, that, that you know, <laughs> I can't imagine being in the White House in general. So uh, that's an awesome moment for them. You could tell they were all soaking it in, having a good time. and. And obviously, uh, Kelsey uh, made the most of it, <laughs> trying to get to that podium. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a nice ceremony, a nice moment to see those guys all together. So, good deal, man. But so let's go ahead and uh, get to our sponsor and get up out of here. Yes, sir. All right. All right. So for the special today, courtesy of the people of Hamish, today you got 20% off of two T-shirts for today only So. If you want to copy some T-shirts, head over to the website, copy two of those today, you get 20% off. Um, and now you got the NFL helmet look collection. Um, now they got in a long sleeve version, so it's not just a T-shirt version. You got the long sleeve version for when it gets to football season again. You get that football weather, so you can throw that on. Um, and let's see what else we got here. Uh, we got the MLB logo collection, like your old school 70s and 80s um collection as far as like your favorite mlb teams and then you got the nfl dad shirts as father's day is coming up it's right around the corner so if you haven't got your dad a father's day gift there's a suggestion right there uh it's got the dad the number one in the nfl team logo on it and that is it so go so go copy some here copy some gear and pay homage yes sir uh, all right, real quick, real quick, book before we get up out of here, man. Uh, you saw that we didn't talk about this on the show uh, last time, but you saw the announcement with Bud Crawford and Errol Spence. You seen them posting on the internet, getting ready for their bout next month on July the 29th. Who you got, man? Have you decided on who you're going with yet? No. Oh, yeah, I, I got Bud. I, I like both of them. I'm, I'm a big fan of both of them. But I, I think Bud by KO. I think he's going to get a knockout. It's going to be a great fight until it happens. It's probably going to be 10th round. They both just going to be so stubborn. It, it's just going to have to end like that. But it's going to be a great fight. Probably one of the best fights of our life. Both in their prime. It, it's going to be great, man. I can't wait. But I got Bud by knockout. TKO and 10. 
How you see it, D-Mac? I've always been Spence guy. Um, I like the way he fights for sure. Like like uh, Boog said, though, it's, it's going to be a great fight either way. I'm certainly going to be ready to tune in for sure. Uh, but yeah, I got Spence. It for me, I think it goes to decision. But look, man, I'm, I'm always a fan of a good knockout, so uh, I'll be interested to see either way it goes. And I do think it'll be a very entertaining fight because neither of these guys are, are gonna, you know, dance around the ring, try to avoid each other. They're gonna get in there and mix it up, and and that's the type of fights that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, man, I, I'm, I'm with you, book. I got an eighth round though. I think it's a little earlier than that. I got Bud Crawford by knockout in the eighth round. That's how I see it. I think Spence is just a little too flat foot for Bud, man. Bud's going to figure him out pretty quick. Like, Bud, he may start out slow, you know, just to try to fill him, fill out Bud. I mean, fill out Spence and see what he's, what his game plan is. But I already know what the game plan is going to be. You know, Spence going to get caught leaning in too much. And Bud's going to eventually put him, in, put him on the mat. So, I got Crawford, man. All right. So, with that being said. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to tonight's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share all your social media platforms. Until the next episode, we out of here. And happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Oh, geez. Happy Father's Day. Peace out.